you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Three feet from me is Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Carragher. Doing fine. You know, I got a question for you, brother. Where's the best place to get an ice cream cone? Um, I know what I would say. It would be at the 3B Dairy Bar in Pennsylvania because it's about four feet tall. Well, it's about one foot tall. Sunday school, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these jokes are fourth grade. Yeah. And, you know, if you're getting them out there, folks, we, we appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> just shout out. So looking at divine sovereignty, yeah. there's a lot to be said about divine sovereignty, about Christ's sovereignty, about those things. And I was looking at First Chronicles. It's kind of the, the go-to verse in theology. And uh, we had to memorize this a long time ago, First uh, Chronicles chapter 29, 11, and 12. And, and my memory's shot. I can't do it now. But thine, O Lord, is greatness and power and glory and victory and majesty for all that is in heaven and all the earth is thine and thine kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted head above all, both riches and honor come to thee, and thou reignest over all in thy hand of power and might. Uh, and in thine hand is made great and strengthened to all. And we know that's talking to the entire Trinity there. But as it continues on, therefore, have mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he hardens his call. He's in charge. Uh, you know, we look at things. I know that thou can doest everything in Job. And he gets to that point where Job says, I know you can do everything, anything, anything you want to do. Mm. And that no thought can be withholden from thee. Boy, if we remember that, that every thought that passes through our mind, that everything um, God knows about, God's part of that, part of that. And, and again, you know, I get to some New England, New York every once in a while that that joins in. And But Kevin, his sovereignty he is God. He is king. And, I mean, John 1, 1 kind of puts it in place, right? Right there in the very mm. beginning. What are you thinking? We, we, we serve this divine sovereignty, this sovereign God. Well, what a security. That's what I'm thinking is if you have, if you have a sovereign that's on your side, you're secure. So you can count on three S's there. But I, you know, to be able to walk through life and say, Everything that comes my way today has passed the throne room of the sovereign one first. Amen. I mean, if I stand, I mean, news news articles, news vi videos nowadays are so unsettling. Um, that's why I think we should make sure we don't overload ourselves with all of the problems of the world, all the videos that can go wrong because we don't have the grace to handle their problems. But when I do, when that when when someone enters my life who messes with me, it's usually unexpected. It's I wasn't worrying about that thing. All the things that I worried about didn't take place. But what does come is something that I was not expecting, and with that comes grace. So don't waste grace and on other things. And then the Bible says, "Beware lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled." When the problem comes, 
we get bitter because we resent the fact that it happened when God's like, hey, you're failing the grace that came with the problem. You know, when God allows something into your life, it comes with lube to make it slide on through, as it were, and uh, does not lodge within us. So let's make sure that, uh, that, that we recognize that there's a sovereign God. There's nothing coming my way that hasn't passed the throne of God. Boy, that's good stuff. And, and you know, when we find ourselves here, Kevin, we, we've got to have the cult conversation you know, mm. how before we move forward. And, and, and folks, so we talked about religion as man's attempt to provide, you know, salvation to people, man's attempt to, you know, make money through that. And folks, that's almost the same definition of a cult, right? A cult replaces God with some male head, some figure, you know, I, I, we can think of easy ones right off the back, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, you know, we, we immediately come to, because Jehovah's Witnesses, you can work your way up. And at moments, you can work your way up to a Lord. Uh, Scientology, they take God completely out of the picture. It's what you can do in your own head. They say Tom Cruise can move cars around his parking lot. It's been witnessed while he sits in his house. You know, he can he can pull the Porsche out of the garage without, you know, lift it off its tires and move it. And, uh, and, and, and folks, uh, you know, there's only one divinely sovereign God. There's only one, like Kevin was saying, greatly, uh, very aptly and very greatly. There's only one who knows everything in our minds. There's only one. There's only, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that, that's who we follow. And, uh, and Jesus Christ has been sent to, to be our Savior. And I remind you of Jesus as we talk about this. This is one of the first verses we covered in the life of Christ was John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So all these cults, so if you go to a Jehovah's Witness Bible, that's changed. That verse is completely different. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go to Scientology, they say you can be any religion you want as long as you're here every night. And if you're not here, you better be working. They want people there five days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, and you go through auditing. It costs them hundreds of thousands of dollars. They ask you questions. It's a primitive lie detector test uh, from 1948 where you hold a couple cans in your hands and they see if your needle jumps. They'll say, did, did you ever think about raping your cousin? And uh, boy, you got a problem. This is what you need to do to get better. We just found your main problem. Mm -hmm. And they'll audit you. They'll continue to go through that. Mm -hmm. Well, Kevin, I think we got to give caution to these folks to say, listen, listen, there's one true God. There's one living God. And uh, it's a triune God. It's, you know, that's mm -hmm. what we are. Yeah, the problem with religion is whether it's uh, Scientology, whether it's Catholic, Methodist, he, you know, Hebrew, Jew, uh, Baptist, the, with religion, and I'm not saying none of those religions preach the gospel. A lot, a lot of them don't nowadays, but, but the fact is that they don't have a big God. And when you're in a religion that's man-centered, it's it's got to manipulate, it's got to convince people, it's got to it's a it's a programmed religion where you go to church and it's just so finely tuned. The music is a show, everything's a show. It's geared to get your emotions to the point that a you're willing to give, b you're willing to come back, you're willing to you know help provide the salaries of the people. And, and we ought to provide, help provide the salaries. The Bible says workman is worthy of his hire. Labor is worthy of his hire. But is God the biggest one? Do you have a big God? You know, years ago about religion, a, a man went to a bunch of different churches. And I don't know what kind of church. They might have been all Baptist church. They might have been all just 
Bible-believing churches, you know, whatever, evangelical churches. But whatever he did, he went to a bunch of different churches and it was surveying by his observation what made, and he knew these were good churches. I mean, he knew that God was at work. And so, and by the way, if you think God is only at work in the ones that are just like you guys, you need to read your Bible. Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're for us. But anyway, he went there. And this is the common thread he found in each one is that each of the churches had a calm trust in a big God. And there was weird things about some of the churches. One of them had a, a, a female song leader and one had the this and that. And it was just some different stuff that was so out of the ordinary. But he came away saying the key was that they had this trust in a big God. And, you know, the Bible says concerning Barnabas in his leadership in the Antioch church, it says, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added to the Lord. The church grew, God got in it because of the faith in a big God, a sovereign Lord. Yeah, and, you know, if we remember Charles Manson, uh, that right there was a cult. Believed they had to kill people to do what was right by Charles Manson and uh, recently, I watched this thing, Our Mother God. It was a special, I think, on on Max or something on TV or Hulu. I don't remember, but there was a lady who worked at McDonald's and was a manager, and she began thinking she was God, and she had followers, and people would pray to her. She died of a disease out in Colorado. She had people chasing her all around the country. There was a group of people, just to give you an idea of what how dangerous these things can become, there's a group called Nexum, N-X-I-V-M. It involved some movie stars and things like that. Scientology members came out. A guy named Keith Renier came out of Scientology, started his own group. It was self-help to be better and better as a person to do the right things. And from that, he started this sex cult out of it with these young ladies and, and, and they would brand them with his brand on their body so that they could show themselves worthy. Now, folks, how does all that happen? How do we get to that place? Kevin said, we have a big God. When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's something within you that goes, hold it right there. Now, this is wrong. Get out of town. Run. Flee from that which is evil, it says over in, in, in yeah. Romans 12, right? Cleave to that which is good. And and uh, so I, I think, folks, we need to remember we serve a great God. Stay away from the culty things. If it doesn't look right, it's not. People ask me all the time, why are you a Baptist? Because we use the Bible. And if the Bible says it's right, that's what we do. That's where we're living. But like Kevin said, if you got the Bible, live it, be that, and you'll have yourself, God. Hey, we'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Folks, it's great to continue on with the life of Christ. We're in chapter 19, a real tough chapter, the crucifixion chapter of the book of John. We find ourselves uh, this morning on verses 7 through 11 of chapter 19 of the book of, book of John. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he had made himself the Son of God. He never made himself the Son of God. In the beginning, remember what we just read in John 1.1? And uh, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. 
and went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speaketh thou not unto me? Knowest that thou not have that I have the power to crucify thee and have the power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee have the greater sin. And uh, so we, you know, we think we're talking about Judas there. We're talking about the one that delivered him unto him, the one who refused Jesus Christ, the one with the unpardonable sin, mm -hmm. the one who did not accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. even though he walked the earth with him. And uh, there's a lot to be said there. So Christ is saying, hey, you remember Judas? Yeah. He's the one with the greater sin here, the one who delivered me. He had no faith. He did these things. And so, there's, you know, the Jewish leaders are claiming he's blaspheming. He's, he's making himself the son of God. Well, you can't make yourself the son of God. We saw that in John 1, 1. And, and Pilate's afraid. He's, he, he's wondering what's going on. He, he's saying this guy might be more than a political troublemaker here. This guy might be more than a pharisaical game here. This, this might be something big. And, and Jesus responds when he's talking about the power. And, and, you know, I love this where Jesus said, listen, you have no power unless it was given to you from above. I, you know, I'm giving you the power. I could, I could blow you all off right now. I could blow you away. But again, in, in, in Jesus' mind, he's got to have victory over death here. In Jesus' mind, he's providing atonement through this crucifixion. In Jesus' mind, this is the prophecy. He's God. These things are going to happen it's happening with the marginalized people in the middle of nowhere where things aren't supposed to work. The Jews are saying, well, you can't be the son of God or you would have showed up uh, in the nice neighborhood. You would have had the, you know, the house on the river. You would have, you know, you would have blown people away. But can I tell you something, friends? Christ is in it for us. Christ is in it. He's going all the way through with it. And he's, he's sticking to his guns. He's staying true and saying, hey, the problem, problem here is Judas, the guy who turned me into you guys. And uh, if this wanted to be stopped, it could be, Kevin. We could end it. Yeah, and that's something. Yeah, there's so many things that are come, coming crashing down here. One is Judas's betrayal. One is Pilate's um, feeling like he had the right to uh, um, not exonerate him or exonerate him. And then three is the Jews and what they were doing as far as their narcissistic uh, projection of their own guilt upon him. And then fourth is, the, is God putting it all onto his son in this, in, in this insanity of love, this abandonment of all that Jesus deserved. And and, le and when Jesus said, into thy hands I come in my spirit. So we'll get to that here in, in a few weeks. But no. Uh, a few days. A few days, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a few weeks of, uh, of, of our podcast, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. I'm thinking of the resurrection. But anyway, when, uh, yeah, Judas, I keep coming back to the fact that Judas betrayed him, basically. And I heard it said this way. You betrayed me, said Judas. You, Jesus, you... Uh, 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 you betrayed me, Jesus, by not being the kind of Messiah that I wanted. So I will betray you. 
And um, that's what happens. That's why people do this turncoat thing. You know, there's you, there's denials where we feel ashamed, but then there's this calculated. Um, I'm going to just turn coat and I'm going to, I'm going to throw a grenade in the tent of the good guys. I'm going to go on the, on the Soviet side, so to speak on the bin Laden side. But, um, but you know, if Judas had recognized what he was doing, he would not have crucified as it says later on the Lord of glory. And, I mean, they're crucifying the sovereign one. He's going to be Semper Invictus when he rises up. I want to be on his good side. I want to, you know, yes, okay, maybe I've been ashamed. Maybe I've sinned against him. Maybe I've, in a moment of weakness, failed him, denied him. But I do not want to reject him because if I reject him as my Lord and Savior, when this thing pans out, when the battle's over, when the left loses, when when the cults are, are done, we're going to find out that the sovereign one, really was the sovereign one. And uh, I love Proverbs 2, verse 1. The Bible says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. God is able to, with a finger, direct the rivers of water. You know, he scrapes, as it were, troughs in the crust of the earth and makes rivers. I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He scrapes somehow through mountains. There's mountains that are just broken along the way. Same with the Delaware water gap. Mountains that are broken and um, through the flood in, in Noah's day, we believe, that um, they breached and allowed um, erosion to cut through there. And it's pretty incredible, but the king's heart is that way. God is able to, just like Jesus said, um, don't you know that I, uh, I'm sorry, Pilate assumed he was sovereign. Don't you know I have power to crucify thee? Jesus answered, thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. And uh, he's basically saying, hello, my father can veto this thing. He's given you this power right now. You better choose right. And I just want to say to anyone that's out there right now, if you've not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, be one of the ones that do. Don't say, I'm going to take my chances. Don't say, I'm going to tough it out. There's toughing it out, and then there's stupidity. You are in a doomed ship. Hey, the helicopter's coming by. Don't say you're going to wait for a prettier helicopter. Don't say you don't trust the helicopter. Get, 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 climb in the harness. Go aboard the helicopter, and you'll be glad when everyone else is in the ship and uh, you're, you're in safety. There's a sovereign God that you can just trust. Yeah, there sure is. And for those of you who've accepted Jesus Christ and you're dealing with this information right now and where to go with it, I, I think this is a call for us to to serve, to learn, you know, to prepare. And uh, I think discipleship is real. So I encourage those of you to be in your Sunday school classes, to uh, be in your church, and, and to have membership at a great church and, and, and be serving with your families and to bring others along with you because there's people out there contending. We don't wake up one day with a group of the Branch Davidians in 1993 being burned out of a house. I mean, these were people, uh, seven day Adventists that broke from the seven day Adventists because they said the seven day Adventists was getting liberal. And, uh, and you know, 20, 30 years later, you got a guy named David Koresh in charge who thinks he's Jesus Christ. And there's people out there like that, that want your family. 
There's people out there that'll say the right things and do the right things. And if we're not giving them the knowledge, if we're not opening up the holy word of God, if we're not sharing with them how to get saved and accept Jesus Christ, you could end up in a place like this. And uh, here's Christ dying on the cross for our sin. He's being ordered. Pilate's still trying to look for a way out. He, I mean, there's just so much that just happened here. But through his divine sovereignty, he's looked out for me, and he looked out for you, and he looked out for your family, and he looked out for your neighbors. And friends, let me leave you with this thought on this Friday. First of all, we're thrilled that you tune us in. We're thrilled that even the junk you're going through in your life, you're willing to be part of this broadcast. Uh, but I want to leave you with this thought. Go and get to heaven and have your... Have the Lord ask you, where's your kids? Where's your parents? Where's your uh, brothers or sisters or whatever the case may be? Jump in 100%. Uh, share God's love. This is the real God's love right here at Calvary. This is really yes. going on. And, uh, folks, we love you guys. Listen to everything that uh, Charity has to say. If you ever have a question about salvation, get a hold of Kevin and I on Facebook. May God bless you guys. We sure do love you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.